So, upcoming events next Sunday, December 13, Christmas story. We're going to have a Christmas story, and there's, I believe, we're going to have a surprise with that. Uh, something from our archives from many years ago. We may be showing if we can get that to work anyway. And then on December 20, we're having a Christmas service here. And uh, So going back to the Christmas story, Steve starts looking at that long time ago. I put in a request for humorous. Does anyone agree? So it's going to be humorous. Yes, yes, yes. So it is humorous. You know, you talk about the, I think we need some humor almost with the mask thing because it's, you know, it's a challenging thing. Well, Pastor Dean brought some humor on Wednesday because <laughs> we, were, we were doing our, our touch point and Pastor Dean started chuckling and he says, yeah, I bought one of those pull-up masks you know, the ones that are around here, and then you pull it up. And he says, I was in the grocery store, I had it on, and I pulled it up, and I was in the grocery store, and these kids were looking at me so strangely. And, and then he says, when I had bought it, it was kind of dark, and so I had just pulled it out of the shelf and really didn't look at it before I put it on them. I, were you in the grocery store? Okay, and that's where you regularly shop, so they know Pastor Dean, but this particular time... So Pastor Dean was wearing this new mask on, new mask. and here it had the image of his skull, and his, you know, it was his skull and his teeth, and so all the kids were, you know... <laughs> he was out of character wearing that. Yeah. So what'd you do with it this morning, Pastor Dean? <laughs> turned it around. So he still got it on, just he turned still it around backwards. It. It's just flipped inside out. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, okay. And then the School of Ministry with Pastor Dean, that'll be Wednesday. And you can join that with Zoom or in person there. At, and this Wednesday at 7 o'clock, that is, it's positioning ourselves in the name of Jesus. And then youth group, as we've told you, that's subject to change. And right now... Another change. Yeah, this week we will be having in-house youth group. Because? Uh, well, we've been going kind of where the schools are, particularly the Black Tech School. We've been kind of following that guideline, and they will be having in house school again this week, as I understand. So, just, yeah. And then, as far as giving is concerned, we have mailing option, you know, particularly for those that are watching online, that's box 67, 10 Strike, Minnesota, to TCC, and then that's 56683. Or you can go online and give as well. Uh, so, we want to also be remembering some, some of our church family have been dealing with the COVID disease themselves personally. And 
Um, Dan, we think of Dan Woodward right now, Steinhorst, Shirley is still, and she's getting a lot better, but in recovery mode, there's, I'm sure, others too. But then Julie uh, Bush is in the hospital, and, uh, but I don't believe it's, it's, it was some kind of a staph infection that happened there, and she'll be getting out tomorrow, though. But hi, Julie, I know yeah, Julie's Bob watching. And Julie Bob. in the hospital there. So we continue to pray. And then, Lord, yes. we do. We pray over all these things. We just bring yes. them before you, yes. and we thank you, Lord, that we can look to you in all things. You are the one that turns things around. You're the one that makes the difference. And we look to you for that. Yeah. In Jesus' name, we look to you for that. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. You know, Judy, I saw Judy here earlier. Could you come up, Judy, and share? You didn't get to share before about mom. my mom when she transitioned. Judy was with us. You can just, and maybe you can look at the folks, but there's the camera where Doug is there, too. But just, just whatever it is. Can you imagine spending six months, five days a week, six hours a day, being mentored by Joyce Pomp? Wow. <laughs> I had a wonderful summer. After she got sicker, it was not so wonderful, but it, she, she was so special and so strong. She never, she rarely got grumpy. Little toward the end, she got a little bit grumpy. But what a wonderful lady. And how much I learned, how much I grew spiritually. She even told me one day that when I came in, she felt the Holy Spirit come with me. Wow, what a wonderful thing to hear. (laughs) That last day, I was, I was, sitting there across from Pastor Steve on one side of the bed, and he was on the other. And she always had her head turned that way, kind of away from where he was sitting, but toward me. And I realized that she had her hand on my arm. And I looked at her, and she was trying to tell me something. And she wasn't able to talk out loud much anymore. And she was moving her mouth. She was going, he's here. I realized she was saying, he is here, he is here, he is here. Wow, okay. Jesus had come already to get her at that point. And you know what, I mean, she always felt like she, w- she was gonna be healed. She was sure she was gonna be healed. She wanted to be a testimony, but she was a testimony. Everybody who knew her knows what a testimony she was. But that last day, she hadn't been able to swallow. She drank yeah. <laughs> just about a cup of water, just glug, glug, glug. And she was, then she started turning her head. And it hurt to turn her head. She kept it always over this way because her neck had been eaten up by cancer, bones in her neck, and it, it was really, it hurt. 
And uh, she started turning her head. I think she was healed. I think she was healed before she went to heaven. He came to get her, healed her, and took her up. And wow, what, I mean, she was at the end, she was like, you know, I mean, it was special. I did not grieve. I did not grieve at all, but boy, I miss her. But She is in such a great place. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for your ministry to her and yes. our family, Judy. It was a blessing. Yeah. All of it, even, even when she was so sick. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. <clears throat> you know, I mentioned last week, I said, and I didn't know this, I didn't know what Judy just shared last Sunday when I shared. I didn't know that. Or what she, uh, but I called her on Monday because she wasn't here. I just wanted to see if she was okay and everything. And she had been dealing with the COVID stuff. And, and uh, But then she told me that. And then I thought, that's what mom was trying. Remember I said last week, I said, I thought she was saying, my sister, my sister, my sister. I could hear an S sound. Yes in there but but I didn't catch that and I'm so glad that Judy did that he's here he's here I, and it made total sense then mm -hmm. because when she was saying it that's when she started you know she hadn't been moving her head it's like it was pasted down onto yeah. the pillow she yeah. couldn't hardly move it and but then she drank all that water like that scripture we read last week you know about drank the water and then gave up her spirit. And, um. So as you're sharing, as Judy was sharing, I was reminded of when there's things we don't understand. I don't care what age we may be there, when there's things we just don't understand about ourselves or about another person or about what's been happening, um, just around us, and I'm just going to take the liberty to read this. This is an old article by Keith Moore. It's based on 2 Corinthians 4.13, and they didn't know I was going to read this. So, we, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Here Paul refers to the spirit of faith. The Bible also says we've not been given the spirit of fear. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. The spirit of faith is not knowledge of faith. Just like the spirit of fear is not just feelings of fear. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not understanding. Understanding is not required for faith. You do not have to understand 
in order to believe. That's because faith is a choice. Believing is a choice. He said, I remember an example, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan once said that helped me understand this. Kenneth Hagin said that when he was a little boy, he could not understand how a brown cow could eat green grass and give white milk. And then that that milk would be churned to make yellow butter. Yet all the while he was trying to figure it out, he just kept enjoying milk and butter and especially the ice cream. You do not have to understand in order to believe. I like that, that's helped me. Yeah, and since you go that direction, I'll just share this. I know I've had a few folks ask me about that with mom, why wasn't she healed, you know, that we saw, although, like, we just heard there, you know, possibly, and I know what you're saying. She was different that morning uh, that she left. But uh, I, I don't not only have that after she died, for, I mean, believe me, and you, I know you believe me because you go through this, all of us do, with things when it doesn't come out like we think. And I not only had it, right, although, you know what, at that moment I think I had already dealt with it, probably, with my mother, but it was more through the, those last months when she was dealing with more and more with the pain and stuff, like, God, what's going on here? But, and he tried to bring me the enemy. We're in a warfare, a spiritual warfare. And you can apply this to your situations in your life, where it seems like something just hasn't gone right, or maybe you're dealing with COVID right now, and like it's gone on so long, you think, when is this gonna stop? It didn't work. You know, I wasn't healed, or that's this, what the Lord was showing me all along the process, like with my mother, and I've had it with my own self with sickness or diseases or whatever. Don't allow the enemy to get you into a negative cycle, because that's what he wanted to do, of doubt and unbelief and then depression, and then, you know, it's just a downward spiral. But what it is, it's kind of like 2 Corinthians 10 talks about there. Starting at verse 3, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and then bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ, you know, lining up with him and just grabbing myself, you know, just taking hold of myself and saying, Steve, you're not going there. You're not going there. You're staying with the word of God. You're staying with what this says, and you're going to continue to believe. My mom said, I'm going to believe right up to my last breath. And you know what? She did. That's the way to be. That's the way to go. Even when we go to heaven, you know, that's the way to go. I really liked what Peter and Linnea were saying a few weeks ago. It was right after mom had passed and the Sunday after. And... Uh, 
they were talking, what I remember about it is, they were kind of addressing this too. And it was a thing, it's not so much we need to know, like all the answers, and particularly we'll get into the unanswerables, because some things we aren't going to know, we don't need to know, but we need to know. Okay, know what? Know Him. We need to know Him at those times when the enemy's coming in like a f flood, it seems sometimes. Well, then like a flood, the Holy Spirit will help. He'll raise up the standard, and the standard is the Word of God. That is where I need to go. That's where you need to go in those times. And know Him, because this is how we know Him. This is the Word become flesh. Excuse me. This is the Word. Jesus was the Word become flesh. And we learn all about Him and we learn about the whole Bible. It points toward Him and the salvation that we have in Him and our wonderful God. And he's a, He is a good God. Yes. That's what the enemy would want to try to get us to get off of those moorings and that anchor. That, that he's a good God and that he's a faithful God and so we do right? like that's what I had to do with myself Steve you stay on the word don't allow experience to determine what you believe Amen. you know and the thing is you can believe in your heart and have doubts in your head too well, you just keep on believing in your heart and That's walking right. how you believe. That's right. Not just by all these thoughts that can come. Because mm. they do. They bombard us, don't they? They bombard us, and that's happening in these days with all the chaotic things that are going on in this world right now. We need to do the Word. We need to stand in the Word no matter what onslaughts of the enemy are coming against us. Yes. I wasn't necessarily thinking about preaching. In fact, I wasn't even going to go here. You're the one. It's your, it's your yeah. fault. No, it's right. It's what the Lord wanted here today because a lot of us are dealing with things right now like this. So I'm going to insert but, here real just quick. Just one more okay. thought that came to me. Those of you that are standing, in the, standing against sickness right now, and we can just speak to this whole COVID thing, whether you haven't had it or you had it, and all the stuff that's coming out about this COVID things, it would try to get us into fear. That's what it would try to do. And now the thing is, well, you can get it again after you've had it or something, you know. We stand on the Word of God. That's where we're going to stand. Amen? Yes. But how are we going to do that? We need to be immersed in it. All the more need we need to, like my mom, this is my mom's Passion Bible. I forgot it last week, but it's just full of markings, as you can see here. Just full of markings. And uh, she was in the Word. She was a woman of the Word. She marked things. She, like here's day three, seven, 315. Evidently it was the 315th day of the year she went through. She just was in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. So even in your, if you're in the middle of it, you're in the midst of it right now, 
or you're believing for someone that's there, stand strong and don't worry about the week while well, I was sick for a whole week already and I'm still not. Don't stay there. Stay focused on the Lord. Get back in the peace because more than likely you've gotten out of the rest, R-E-S-T, and out of the peace. The Lord would have you come into his Sabbath rest. But that's where we labor to come into the rest. That's right. It's a work. We work. We labor against fear, unbelief, and all that junk that tries to come. And once again, it comes to the Word and worship and doing the Word. Reading it, but then being a doer. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's right. Okay, thank you, Lord. I'll let you That goes back to the scripture, Isaiah 26, 3. Back, I think it was in April, when Mom had her first uh, doctor's appointment, when she shared with us, I got for her pathway of peace, follow the peace. And that's absolutely the Lord our peace, his word. And I, I would keep repeating that over to I She had this scripture card. We had this on our, uh, of our sink. Steve had one in his bathroom. But Isaiah 26, 3 says, You, Lord, will keep me in perfect peace when I keep my mind stayed on you, focused on you, because I trust in you. And um, there's something about, I believe, he's calling us back to simplicity, just a simple way of looking at him, looking at his word, This is something from the new Joyce Meyer devotional, Quiet Times with God. This was for just a few days ago from Matthew 11, verse 30. The Lord is saying, keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Freely and lightly. She says, isn't it refreshing to realize we don't need to know everything about everything? We can get comfortable with saying, I don't have the answer to that. And I don't have the answer to this. But I'm not going to worry about it because I believe God is in control and I trust him. Thank you, Lord. And see, this is where we have each other in the body of Christ too because different ones of us go through extremely hard things at different times and to be able to love one another, not judge one another. Jesus didn't say, by this will you know, will they know that you're my disciples by how you judge one another. 
Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but uh, I just remembered something that Kenneth Copeland had said. He said the Lord had told him, and I won't get this exactly verbatim, but it was the Lord was just impressing on his heart. And I don't know what the word was. His, I guess it was kind of like his dislike in the body of Christ for their incessant need to correct one another. You know, what we need to do is love one another. And you know what? If I need something corrected in me, if I know you love me, the Lord's going to help you to minister that to me in a loving way, in a way that I'll be able to receive it. If it's a judgmental way, it's hard to receive. But the peace, the rest, that's what God wants for us right now. When we're in the peace, we're out of the fear. When we are in peace, we experience rest. Peace comes by faith and trust in God. Faith works by love. By knowing God's love, by experiencing his love. So, let's not be in fear. Let's be in peace. Let's be in the rest. And that will be a result in joy. It will result in the glory shine. And that's what God wants in this hour for us as the church. It's a very dark hour in a lot of ways. With the things of the pandemic and even things in our nation, things with the elections and so forth, it, it just seems there's a lot of darkness. But it says in Isaiah 60, and this is verses 1 and 2 from the Amplified Classic Translation, I always remember that Chip Brim brought this word to us. That's uh, when it really clicked from this version. It says, Arise, and this is speaking to Jerusalem and Israel, but you know what? We are the spiritual Israel and children of God now. So it says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you and rise to new life. Shine. Oh, you're shining. Yes. Joyce said earlier, yes. we are being kind. We're doing it. That's who yeah. we are in Christ, the body of Christ. But of course, that's hampered. It's put under a bushel. If the enemy gets us into fear and doubt and unbelief to stay there. Now, he'll try. Just because you may be in there right now, don't get into condemnation, okay? That's not what this word is at all. It's not a word of condemnation, it's exhortation and encouragement. We're just one turn away from all that stuff, just turning right to the light of his word, turning our eyes upon Jesus, looking full in his wonderful face. And all this stuff that grows strangely dim in his face, in his light. But then it says, shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and dense darkness all peoples, but the Lord shall arise upon you, 
says, Jerusalem, you put your name in there, and his glory shall be seen on you. Hallelujah. Speaking of the light there, I just saw this note, Psalm 36, verse 9, from the Easy Read Version. And uh, a paraphrase that would, would be, in the light you see what's right. In his light you can see what's right. In his light you can see what's not right. So right there, looking to the light, and this is for us personally. In his light, we'll see what's right. In his light, we'll see what's not right. And then because we are good people with good hearts, filled with the Holy Spirit, he, in, he gives us individually a pathway of peace concerning a situation. Thank you, Lord. What are you looking well, for? Well, here's another scripture. Sorry, guys, it's not going to be there on the screen. If you have a Bible, you can look it up or on your phone. At home, get your Bibles or your phone. John 10, let's go there. following the peace and you know how we follow the peace we know in here right here if there's a peace or if there's not and we follow the prince of peace if we're walking in the way that the prince of peace has shown us for whatever situation for whatever moment for whatever we're going through in relation to any person or maybe it's our finances maybe it's our health Maybe it's our kids or grandkids or whatever it is. There's not the peace. Come to the Lord. Get Come to the Lord. Turn your eyes toward him. He'll begin to speak to you and give you his word. You know, it says in, in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that continues to proceed from the mouth of God. Words and the word continues to proceed from his mouth to you, moment by moment, as you need it. And it all has to be based on the word of God. This is the standard. This is the strong foundation. We need to know the word. You know, little by little. Don't be in condemnation if you don't know it that well. Just be in it. I'm exhorting you. I'm asking you to be in the Word of God regularly, to get it soaked in you. You know what? The Word actually becomes, it gets, you eat it. Um, There was a, where was that? I just saw that. Yeah, this was Jeremiah. He said, this is uh, Jeremiah 15, verse 16. He says, your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. 
And I'll tell you, it was in a time when Jeremiah didn't have much to be, have joy or be rejoicing about. For I am called by your name, yes. O Lord God of hosts. That's what Pastor Dean's uh, the teaching on Wednesday night is going to be being identified in the name of Jesus or in what's it called again? Quick quiz here for Pastor Dean. <laughs> I know. But anyway, it's along those lines. You know, that, that. I just got to go to this one too now. This is Jeremiah 17, verse 7. It says, Blessed is the man, or we could say a woman, yes. who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Yes. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when the heat comes. The heat is on in a lot of ways right now. The stress levels are so strong. And you see, our beings, our bodies, and our souls were not made to carry stress. We were not made to carry stress. We can't do it. It affects us. It hurts us. They will not fear. They will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaf will be green. It will, listen to this, it will not be anxious. Anxious. Say that with me. Anxious. <laughs> Why do you say it that way, Steve? I don't know. It's just the way it's coming out. <laughs> Maybe it's so you will connect on there a little bit. Anxious. It sounds like a snake, doesn't it? You know who wants you to be anxious? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll remember that, won't we? I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> anxious. Who wants you to be anxious? Not the Lord. He wants you to be in peace. Yes. He wants you to be in rest. Yes. You will not be anxious in the year of drought. This has been a year of drought in a lot of ways nor will cease from yielding fruit. He's one, the tree planted by the waters, the waters of the word, the waters of life, the washing of the water of the word. Amen? And we get it from one another. We're getting it right now. We, you know, this word, it is being recorded, so you can send it to somebody else exhortation for us and you see what happens is we get to know the voice of the shepherd yes jesus is our shepherd you know we're like under shepherds here we are not the shepherd of this flock jesus is the shepherd of this flock He's the one. But we get to know his voice. 
How? By spending time in here. And then the thoughts that come, the impressions that come, the God winks that come, the kisses from heaven that come, we are more sensitive to them and we see them. Our antennas are out and we get to know it. And we also know when stuff doesn't line up with the word, those thoughts. It's even stuff in daily life. What to do about this? What to do about that? Should I have this surgery? Should I do that? Oh, yeah, right down to the nitty-gritty of life. Even asking what we should eat today, you know. But we get to know the voice. My dad had a pug dog, Chinese pug dog. And, you know, just a chubby little thing. But that dog got to know the voice of my dad. I still remember him working with that dog. And at first, do you know what a Chinese pug is, anybody? Raise your hand if you do. Boy, not very many of you. Should, have had a, should, have should had get a picture. a picture of one. But they got a flat nose, you know, pudgy yeah. nose. They always said they're so hum humbly. They're so ugly. They're so ugly that they're cute, you know, kind of thing. Humbly. What did that what come from? But anyway, that's what he was. And he kept working with that dog. People said, oh, you can't train a pug to do that you know, to stuff and to listen to command. You know what, over time he heard what dad's voice and he could, dad could call him out, voices all around. Dad would say, Tippy, come here. Tippy heard his voice and he'd come. But he taught that dog, dog to roll over. He taught the dog to jump through the hoop. He taught the dog to go shut the door if his door was open. Dog would go up against the door and shut it. <laughs> he even taught this chubby pug to stand on its front legs. Not bat legs, front legs and walk. <laughs> but it all came, you know, walk, tippy walk on your front legs. <laughs> that did not come right away, it came over time time spent with my dad. Jesus said in verse 4 of chapter 10 of John, and when he brings out his own sheep, this is Jesus speaking, he's talking about a shepherd, he goes before them. See, that's what a shepherd does. A shepherd doesn't drive the sheep. You drive a herd of cattle. But sheep, they follow. And we are not going to be driving people around here. We're not going to be doing that. We can't be doing that in the body of Christ. It doesn't work with sheep. That's what Jesus likened us to. We're going to follow the good shepherd. Amen? But he says, and the sheep follow him. Say that word, follow. Follow, for they know his voice. Do you know his voice? How well do you know his voice? You can get to know his voice, I'm telling you. You can get to know his voice. He can tell you how to pray for a certain person. That's where prayer in the Spirit is so good too, because we can pray in the Spirit and 
And lots of times, well, well up is an interpretation there of, of something and even going into English prayer. You know, and it's right online with what the Holy Spirit, the things that were mysteries to us, they are no longer mysteries. Be praying in the Spirit. I heard Sid Roth, a couple days ago he was being interviewed by somebody, usually he interviews, but he was being interviewed and he was talking about praying in the Spirit. And such a great need for it today in this hour. And he said, he was privileged to be on stage with Kenneth Hagin one time, in fact, more than once, with full gospel businessmen's meetings. And he said different times he was sitting next to him while the worship was going on and so forth, and he says his lips would just be moving and moving and moving and moving. He was praying in the Spirit. He was getting right there what the Lord would have him to speak to that people that day for those people. See, we can do that all the time. We can do that while we're walking through Lucan's. Yes. And we're praying in the Spirit. And you know what? The Lord will bring across our path. He does this all the time. It's not an accident who you meet in the store. And even, it can be like Joyce said, a random act. I'm, I know the, I'm really the going key here. is then to follow that prompting and not let your head talk you out of it. Like, oh, that could be awkward. I remember it was last Christmas, and we've had that. We've just had extra bills for just spontaneously giving when we feel a prompting. And it was in Target, Bemidji Target, and it was a young man and he had I didn't see his wife there but he was the one pushing um, wasn't a young young baby but a, a young it had to be in a baby care he was pushing that somehow in his cart he had the carrier and we were getting our 90% dark chocolate from the aisle there, but I think you were along, but all of a sudden it's like he's the one. And I went up to him and just said, Merry Christmas to you. Lord bless you. He was so startled, you know, and I first thought, oh, I must have made a mistake, but it was like the Lord said he really needed it. It's just that it was so unexpected. And so it may not be a senior person or like in our store, a little girl who'd been looking at that little vintage teddy bear. It may be a young person in Target who looks like he was well-dressed. It wasn't like he was dressed poorly or shabbily, but the Lord knows exactly, he knows exactly that connection. Um, that phrase of, is it called pay it forward or share or whatever? We've seen that too. Was that on her just recently? You know, there's all these long lines with uh, restaurants now. They're not eating inside. And the thing of, oh, yours is paid for. 
the car ahead of you, they paid for it. We had it with a coffee, didn't we? Somebody paid for ours. Somebody paid, a stranger paid, we were going through Starbucks and she says, car ahead of you paid for it. We didn't know those people. So then we did it for the next car. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and we tipped the coffee person really well. Yeah. And see, why do we do that? A prompting inside a thought. Don't discard those thoughts. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He gives you thoughts all the time. I mean, okay, and here's uh, verse 14 of John 10. It says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known. By my own. I'm the good shepherd. I am known by my sheep. I'm known to know. That's an intimacy. That's a closeness. It's knowing. It's knowing him. Regardless of what outward circumstances would come in the onslaughts, those barbs, those fiery darts of the devil trying to get us into doubt and unbelief and discord and depression and all that. We just cast them off. We know this isn't from the Lord and get our thoughts lined up with him and his word. That's how any scripture that I know by heart, it's not that I thought I'm going to memorize this verse. Now that's not wrong. But it's just scriptures that I found that were on a current thing I was going through and I started going over them. I just went over and over them. Just like this card that Joyce had for us with mom. Pathway of peace. Follow the peace. And that's what we kept doing daily when everything seemed in the outward the opposite. But did you have something? I want to go back. He keeps reading about the Good Shepherd. There's one scripture that we taught to our seven grandchildren. And I'm thinking that great grandma was there with us that day, too, possibly. Psalm 119, verse 68 says, God is good, and he does good. Basic. God is good, and he does good. Just like here it's describing Amen. he's our good shepherd. Amen. You look up Psalm 23 in that Bible. Okay, Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And he leads me. How does he lead us? Those impressions, those thoughts, of course, they need to line up with the word. That's the foundation. That's the solid rock, the rock of the word. He leads me in paths of righteousness. What's that? It means the right paths for me, not the wrong paths, the right ones. That's where he leads me, for his name's sake. That's how he leads us. And it was interesting, I just came across this this morning when I was looking at this. 
it was really stuck out to me. It's a, this is the footnote in the Passion Translation. It's, uh, it says, the Greek word for love, the Greek word for love is agape, and we know that, or many of us do, agape, that's the Greek word. Okay, it says, which is emerging, listen to this, the agape word, that great love of God, says, which is emerging of two words and two concepts, Ago, A-G-O, means to lead like a shepherd. And peo, agapeo, is a verb that means to rest. Love is our shepherd leading us to the place of true rest, true rest in heart. And we could say right in the middle of the hardest storm. That's talking about the hurricane. And I tell you, in this nation, and well, around the world in this year, it's been like a hurricane storm. But what this is saying, with Jesus, with Jesus, we can have the storms raging around us. But we can be in the eye of the storm because we're in him and he's in us and we're in him. It's really no longer us that lives, but it's Christ who lives in us. And the life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave his life for us. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like mom did, like Bud did, like Bob did, like Darlene did here just recently from our church family, we will fear no evil, for he is with us. He's with us. He's with us. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's there with you in your situation now, and he will never leave you. Don't ever forget it. He's with you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we just rest right now in your embrace. Your rest for our soul, for our emotions, for our mind, for our heart, for who we are. We rest in your embrace. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we're getting ready to close now. I know this has been a lot of stuff here, but 
Um, I don't know. Did we could get the the dancers. They can come. We're going to have a dance after we go offline here. Do things we can't do online. Uh, and uh, but as they're doing that, is there? Are they here already? Okay, you can tell them we're ready or getting ready. What? Oh, they're on their way, okay. I'll just read this while they're on their way. Hebrews 4, 9 to 12. There remains therefore a rest for the people yes. of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his, work, from his works as God did from his. I heard this just recently, if we're in unrest, it's because we're still working, trying to do it ourselves, And we're in unrest and stress, it's because we're still laboring in our own efforts. So I'm gonna jump in here. Last week after we went off online or whatever, um, the four girls had a dance to the blessing song. And I'll tell you, they experienced great unrest as they began to come down the aisle, realizing it was a different version than what they practiced to for months. <laughs> and so I didn't realize it, but afterwards they were clustered up in front, and I think Sarah had maybe um, videoed it or whatever, and they were looking at it, and they said, look at our faces. You know, they'd zoom in, and Elsie says, it's because we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and they laughed about it. There was maybe some tears about it, frustration, but they were in great unrest about it. Today, they have the right version, and we thank you, Lord, for your anointing yes. on this in Jesus' name. As you're getting lined up, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I guess we can have somebody come up here and take this down while they're doing that. I'm gonna read one more thing. This is from the Passion Translation. It's uh, Hebrews 4 9 through 12. Just let this soak in. So we conclude there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. And this is where the Lord, the Prince of Rest, the Prince of Peace, the Restorer of our souls, our Great Shepherd is bringing us. As we enter into God's faith rest, life, faith, rest, life, we cease from our own works just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith, rest, life, so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, it comes back to the word again. 
It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secrets and motives of our hearts. So, so we're so thankful um, the Lord gives us the chance for do-overs. Maybe there's been a day, maybe there's been an hour, maybe there's been something. It's like, wished Amen. I'd done that different, wished I hadn't said that or wish I had said or whatever. He's the God of the second chances. So today's yes. a do-over. And what this is, what we had mentioned, it's like from Mom Pomp, or maybe it'd be from others that have passed recently, their desire to, to pray a blessing over us. I remember that was the last thing my dad said to me. I didn't get to see him face to face. It was on the phone. We were on our way back from Sioux Falls. The last time I talked to my dad, and the last words he said was, bless you, Steve. And I carry those in my heart. And uh, now this is like a prayer blessing. We think that's prayed over us from those who are. Okay. <clears throat> 